podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time to talk about K-State versus Texas Tech. Um, I I think this is a fun matchup, not only because K-State has dominated recently, but it's always going to have a special spot in my heart, and I think it should for other fans as well. We talked last week about how you know the K-State-Oklahoma State game is, uh, I think I said the fourth most played game in K-State history, fourth or fifth. Uh, it's the, I believe, what, fourth for Oklahoma State. So I think it must have been fifth or sixth for K-State. Uh, the fourth most played game for Oklahoma State. Um, definitely not that sort of longevity for K-State, Texas Tech. But it's the game that kicked off the conference. You know, you go back to 1996, the first game of the new Big 12. The first super conference, whatever you want to call it. It was Texas Tech coming up to Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, so I, I, I do think that's kind of a fun little, not not a bit of history. I think a lot of folks know that. Um, but it is something to hold on to, something to care about, especially with all the turbulence that the Big 12 base. To bring that up, I like to talk about it whenever I go on to a Texas Tech podcast, uh, whenever we're playing them in football. I think it's fun to look back on. And uh, talk about, of course, it was a K-State win, the very first game in uh, the new Big 12, or in the Big 12, it wasn't new, it was just the Big 12 first ever game, it was a K-State victory over Texas Tech. Alright, typical game preview type of episode, I got a little bit of news, we'll talk about Chris Kleiman's press conference, I'll touch on some of the stuff the players said in their press availability, get through the kind of what I'll be looking for, what's on the line, I'll have my keys to V. I'll have my picks to click, and then we'll get into some game predictions as well. Uh, Spoiler alert. (laughs) Man, uh, you guys weren't good, but neither was I uh, for game picks last week. That's all right. We'll get into it. Um, First, uh, we'll start with news. I mean, nothing too crazy in this segment. Um, Michael Boganowski, Junction City, uh, K-State's recruiting him as a linebacker. Um, I think Oklahoma recruiting him as a safety. Uh, so he's announcing his commitment on the 19th. So we're, uh, as of recording, about nine days out. So a little bit of time. Um, his finalist, K-State, Oklahoma, KU, Florida State. Really, I think it's K-State or Oklahoma. I'd be shocked, legitimately shocked, if it was either one. But gun to my head, I think the uh, Kansas four-star is going to Oklahoma to play for Brent Venables and the Sooners. Uh, But we'll see what happens. Again, I I think this is a recruitment that K-State did just about everything they could to win, Um, even beyond, you know, just, you know, K-State, you know, President Linton was involved. I mean, they they pulled out all the stops. So if Oklahoma gets them, good for them. Um, But we'll have to wait and see. But we know when it's going to come. It's going to come on the 19th. Next piece of news I'll touch on, uh, the K-State women were voted fourth in the preseason basketball poll behind Texas, Baylor, and KU. Uh, Aoka Lee made the preseason team that does feature 10 players, uh, but she made the team. Gabby Gregory was a unanimous selection for the preseason first team. Serena Sundell was an honorable mention selection there as well. I'm planning on for the whip around. Uh, taking a, a chunk of time, uh, and I'm going to have a K-State uh, primer from Mitch Fortner, hoping to get a Texas Tech primer from one of my friends over at Tortillas and Takes. Then I'm going to spend most of the time laying out my expectation 
for the men's basketball season as we're rapidly approaching. Uh, and I'll, I'll touch on my expectations for the women's team as well. Uh, that'll kind of be at the end. I'll, I'll kind of intro everything, any sort of news up top. And then we will uh, get the primers. Then I'll kind of do my own little basketball preview. Again, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on either teams. I'm not an expert in anything. Uh, but I'll, I'll give my expectations. I'll give my vibe check. I'll, I'll kind of give maybe some top-level predictions uh, for both of them. Uh, but but I'm excited for the women's basketball team. And, and I, I think you guys should too. Again, I think you have two legitimate superstars at the top. I think Serena Sundell is a super talented guard as well. Uh, you got year, I think it's year three of the Glenn Twins as well. And they, they've brought in some good transfers. They've brought in some good recruiting classes. So I do think that this could be one of the uh, most exciting uh, seasons since 2008. Uh the Big 12 just released uh, some national TV, some like linear TV, some cable TV time slots. Uh, again, you know the vast majority of games are going to be on ESPN Plus, which is great. Uh, you get to hear Brian Smoller call games uh, with Missy Heydrich. Um, but I, I think that I think I saw five games, including three straight, because there's one uh, TV game. Uh, for every time slot uh, or for every week that they're doing a Big 12 Women's Basketball Showcase. Uh, There's three straight games that feature K-State, five total featuring K-State. So again, I think this could be a fun team. I think this is a team that could make some noise. I think this is a team that could kind of capture the imagination and excitement from K-State fans. Uh, We've been a little bitten by that a couple times. Uh, during the Jeff Mitty era, but you know if there if there's in, if there's ever going to be a time for this team uh, to make some noise, whether it's competing for the Big Twelve or getting to the second weekend or possibly winning the Big Twelve tournament, something along those lines, uh, this is a team that can do it. Uh, so I'm excited for it. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that on the Friday whip around. Uh, men's preseason votes, and that's all done by the coaches, not the media. So I, I wasn't able to weasel a vote in there. It should be coming out any day now. Uh, hopefully before I record any of the whip around stuff. If not, I'll talk about it next week. Um, I, I'm expecting K-State to probably check in anywhere from 4th uh, to 8th, anywhere in there. Again, the Big 12 is massive. The Big 12 is going to be intense. It's going to be an absolute battle. Um, hoping to see Tyler Perry uh, I, or Arthur Kaluma, maybe Naquan Tomlin. I, one of those three guys maybe making the preseason team. Um, I hope they don't have 10 guys. I hope they do. If they're going to do it first and second team, we'll see how it's broken out. Uh, but I guarantee, I guarantee, I'll make this guarantee, there will be more love for K-State in the coaches' preseason poll than last season. Final thing uh, before we get going, of course, for I think the third or fourth time, we have Gonzaga rumors to the Big 12 starting up again. Absolutely hate it. This seems as something... Uh, that Brett Yormark won't let go of. He's been told no three or four times now at this point. Uh, he keeps pushing for it. We'll see what happens. Uh, expect maybe a vote. I mean, honestly, a vote could come as early as November. Again, no official vote's going to come unless uh, you know 75% of the conference wants them, which is what it would take to add Gonzaga. I Everything I've ever heard, it would be for all sports except for football. They don't play football. I think it would be a mistake. I think this is short-sighted. I think this is Brett Yormark really trying to make fetch happen when he doesn't need to. Um, They're not going anywhere. If Brett Yormark is dead set on spinning off the basketball rights, uh, the next TV contract isn't until 2032. Gonzaga's not going anywhere. You don't have to. You can wait four or five years to add them. This is not something you have to do. They're a one-coach program. They've done nothing with anyone outside of Mark Few. It's a tiny school. I think this is incredibly, incredibly short-sighted, chasing something that we don't even know if it's there. Uh, so that's my take on it. I, I'm pretty pretty well-known on that. So uh, it is what it is. We're going to see what happens, and we're definitely going to be talking about it here on Bosco's Boys. All right, let's get into Chris Common's press conference. But before we do... The show is sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. No sponsor has ever been with the show longer, more consistently, no breaks than Manhattan Brewing Company. Once they linked up with us, they have been our biggest sponsor ever since. 
I love them. You guys should love them too. And if you even need more reason to love them, Tang Party is almost back. That's right. Soon, shelves across the state, in the tap room, and all over Manhattan, Tang Party, the Tangerine Sour. Just a delicious beer. I could drink... I could drink them until uh, I, I go to sleep. Of course, you want to drink responsibly. But it's coming back. That's right. Again, remember, they created this beer before Jerome Tang even coached a game at K-State. They're prophetic there at uh, Manhattan Brewing Company. If they make a Bosco's Boys uh, beer, we might have to be around for 10 more years. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm glad it's back. A lot of great publicity for that beer. It's a famous beer. They talk about it on podcasts, not just mine. All over the sports world, they talk about this beer. It's delicious. It's tangy. It's refreshing. It's back. Get into Manhattan Brewing Company. Get yourself a couple four-packs and just be polite. Be polite. Be nice. But tell your local liquor store you want it from Manhattan Brewing Company today. All right, let's get into Chris Kleiman's press conference. Open it up that, hey, it it was tough to be on the road at the night. It's going to be another tough road trip to Texas Tech. Uh, really wanted to pound home that he thinks Texas Tech has one of the best running backs in the nation and that you're not going to take him out of the game. You just have to try to control and and put a cap on what he's able to do. Again, I I talk about this a little bit later, but both K-State and Texas Tech have an EPA top 10 rushing offense and rushing defense. Uh, This is really strength on strength when it comes to the running game. Uh, so we'll see how uh, good we can do shutting him – well, not shutting him down, but kind of limiting him uh, from, from breaking open the game. Uh, a lot of high praise for Texas Tech's top four. says, hey, they can get pressure with just four. They can cause havoc with just those guys. So it doesn't matter uh, on offense. It doesn't matter which position or which unit. K-State has to be better to get things going on offense when you're going up against a front four like that. Had high praise for the team uh, for practice on Monday. He said the coaches need to come up with a good game plan. He did say that today, Tuesday, it's going to be a physical practice. It's going to be a rough practice. He says, we're not keeping score for this practice. It's going to be tough. So it sounds like, hey, they responded well with a good practice on Monday, but he's really going to be uh, going after them, trying to cause a little bit of adversity in practice, kind of uh, put their heels to the fire and see how they respond. Um, and, and really, Chris Kleiman, he, he had a very – you could tell that that game was still kind of pissing him off. Um, you got to hope you can't let one loss turn into two. And I don't I don't think that's going to happen. They're traditionally pretty good after a loss. It sucks that you have two out of your last three on a loss. Um, but but you got to hope that you can get down there, have a better game plan, get things going, light a fire under their asses, and have a, have a big game and get things rolling again. Um, he talked about how after the game it was rough. Uh, he said that everyone had to be better. There was no finger pointing because, hey, everyone could have played better. Again, I touched on this during the Q&A episode and during the game review. I think that the, he is deflecting a little bit. I think Chris Kleiman's deflecting a little bit. I don't think some of the players are deflecting a little bit because at the end of the day, I think the defense did more than a good enough job to win K-State that game versus Oklahoma State. And I think that's what teams should do. I, I, I'm not surprised that that's the route Chris Kleiman is going to go uh, because that's the type of coach he is. He's not going to go over the top singling folks out. He was critical about some performances. We'll talk about what he said about Will here in a second. But I, that, that's the type of coach he is. I, I don't have to do that. I, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping none of the players are listening to me. Uh, and, and I'm hoping... Uh, you know, I, I, well, heck no, I, they, they really shouldn't be listening to me. I'm just a random guy with a microphone. I'm doing this, uh, because I enjoy talking about K-State sports, but the defense was not at fault. It, 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 it lies squarely on the shoulders of the offense. Uh, and I, am especially that last game versus Oklahoma state. I, I have no problems putting that on them. It, it was the other way. I put it on the defense, um, for that Missouri game. So, so again, I, I like to think I can call balls and strikes. Chris Kleiman, I, I would like to think he's calling balls and strikes inside the locker room, uh, and he's just not going to single out players, single out units, single out the offense, and roast them uh, in, in front of the media. But I do sure hope that he's putting the microscope 
uh, over the offensive side of the ball and not really harping outside of, hey, it would be nice to create some turnovers on the defense. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, he did say that the environment got to some of the younger guys. First off, it's kind of a backhanded thing uh, at Missouri saying, hey, you guys weren't loud enough. The environment wasn't crazy enough for you to really affect us. Uh, it was a new experience dealing with that sort of atmosphere on the road at uh, Oklahoma State. Look, um, no shade at the young guys. You don't know how you're going to react until you're there. But, man, uh, that was pretty the atmosphere is going to be two or three times louder, more intimidating, more wild in Lubbock than it was in Stillwater. So I, I hope they're figuring things out. Uh, he was asked about the one and four record after a bye. He said, Hey, it's a good call out. Uh, we've done different things every, uh, year, but it is something we're going to look at. I mean, yeah, he need to figure something out. That was something I really hammered home a couple days ago as well. Some injury news. Uh, will Lee not practice, probably not going to play on Saturday. Jacob Parrish more day to day. Sure. Hope we, uh, see Jacob Parrish. It would really be nice to see him down in Lubbock. Uh, Jordan Wright has moved from safety back to cornerback. Uh, so we're going to see him, um, Justice James, uh, Keenan Garber, of course. Um, so so we'll see what's going on at cornerback down at Texas Tech. Uh, but it would be big to get Parrish back. Uh, he was asked about Will. He said, hey, he needs to take care of the ball better. We'd like him to be aggressive, but it can't be at the detriment uh, to putting his own team at risk. There were throws he knows he can't make, and he did some of those last week. Um, he did say that, hey, he has a lot of faith and love in Colin Klein and a lot of faith in Will Howard. says, hey, we're not going to bench Will Howard just because there's some people who think maybe we should, um, and that he trusts Colin Klein to make the right decisions um, on what to do with the offense and says, hey, folks need to remember Will Howard did win us the Big 12 last year. Or did win the Big 12 last year. He did not say Will Howard won us the Big 12. He said Will Howard won a Big 12 championship last year. Uh, which I think is accurate. Uh, he says the team has been so inconsistent. It's tough to be super pleased uh, with any one thing. Because hey, anyone who had a good game is priority. Also had a bad game. Said Bloomer, uh, very good recently. Slow start. Said Austin Romaine has done a great place as a six-year player. And said that Marquise uh, Siegel has been one of the better defensive backs in the conference the last couple weeks after the Missouri game. So, shout out to Marquise Siegel. Um, talking about Texas Tech and how they're going to try to attack K-State, he said, hey, it's going to be a lot for them on the outside. They're just going to throw that quick boundary screen uh, and expose you. That's part of their run attack, which is a pretty good running attack. And he also says, if you don't get lined up quick, they're going to expose you. Uh, talked about how, hey, you got to be prepared uh, to play all four downs uh, because they're going to go for it on fourth down a lot. So it can be a big momentum change if you can get a stop on fourth down. And I agree with him. That's really something they're going to need to do. Um, the talking point, I heard this a lot from the players, heard from Chris Kleiman as well. The team has been listening to too much outside noise and not enough about what's going on inside the walls. So Will Howard said, a couple of the players said, it's about the inside noise, not the outside noise. So message the players, hey, stop listening to the outside noise, myself included. If you're a player, turn it off. Do not be listening. And then he was asked about if redshirting Avery uh, has uh, come into any of their decisions whether or not to play him. Uh, he said, there's no decision to redshirt Avery. They have a good plan, and he trusts and loves Colin Klein, and uh, Colin Klein knows how to handle it. So we'll see. We'll see if that means that we're going to see Avery Johnson this week. Um, who knows? It, it was a it was a very non-answer, um, which is fine. Um, you don't want to public or publicize that. He also said that they're going to change how they handle the build up to a, a nighttime kickoff. Wasn't going to publicize that change as well. That's fine. We'll see what happens. Again, it, you could tell Chris Common was still super frustrated. Um, nothing too wild. Uh, nothing really changes how I feel about this game. Uh, you knew Will Lee probably wasn't going to play. You knew Jacob Parrish was going to be a game-time decision. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I do get the sense that he, it, it's still it's still bothering. I, I, I hope what I get as a sense of it's still bothering him, I hope it's more of a focus 
uh, and really desire to get that win on Saturday. We'll see. I mean, Saturday will be here soon enough. Um, I, I've, I've never kind of felt in such a like no man's land position when it comes to what I expect from a K-State game on Saturday. Not a ton to take away from uh, any of the player press availability notes. Marquise uh, Siegel says, hey, the the message inside the locker room is the season's not over. Uh, you know, everything that they want is still in front of them, which is true, which is true. Um, said that he never wants to have another game like the Missouri game again. He thinks that the secondary has improved since then. I agree with I, I, I think that they have uh, improved um, steadily since the Missouri game. Um, and he says, hey, you got to embrace the goals, keep moving forward. Don't shy away from the expectations. Um, Seth Porter, he talked a, a lot about the special teams and a lot about the wide receivers. Really kind of hammered home that on special teams. It's coming down to technique, uh, getting that cleaned up, and, and, and having a lot of the want to versus the guys across the the uh, field from you. I said that, yeah, there is a lot of scheme, but hey, if you want it more than the other guys, it's going to figure it out. Also hinted we might be seeing some new guys on special teams, so that will be something to be a on the lookout for on Saturday said that they still have a hundred percent confidence in Will Howard as a leader and a quarterback. And he also said wide receivers don't have to do anything crazy. They have the practice. They have the training, uh, just go out there and make plays. Uh, Hayden Gillum, uh, talked about how they really need to be hammering home communication on the offensive line. In the other kind of recurring statement was talking about the standard, and, and said that the offensive line uh, didn't live up to the standard. Said o- Oklahoma State played well, but K State hurt themselves, and it was a lot of self inflicted errors. I don't think you're going to get a lot of argument from K State fans on that one. Uh, Will Howard also there. Uh, he talked for about five six minutes. Uh, he was reflecting on the game. Said it was his worst game since his freshman year. I, I don't disagree with it. He said nothing has really changed drastically. The minds uh, just switched a little bit. Got to focus on the inside noise, not the outside noise. Again, that 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 was a common refrain from both the uh, Chris Common and the players. And then again, kind of the hey, it, it's our standard. Uh, if we play up to our standard, no team can beat us. Uh, but when we don't play uh, a game to our standard, any game is losable. Uh, and then he just said, hey, you need to remember what's important. You need to determine uh, what we are going to do and how we're going to do it. Again, nothing crazy. Uh, you, again, you, you got to give, it, no, no matter what your opinion on Will Howard uh, has ever been, you, you got to give him credit because he's always stepped up and talked to the media and really uh, taken everything head on. So um, you got you got to get, uh, you, you, you got to give him some credit for that. Um, we'll move on. This is the stuff I'll be looking for. Some of my talking points, some of the storylines I'll be dialed in on. But before we get there, hey, Charlie Hustle. Okay, now look. <laughs> I'm having to rotate through quite a few uh, Charlie Hustle crew necks trying to find the lucky one for the season. I might just have to go back to that uh, Lavender uh, K-State uh, Wildcats uh, t-shirt. Uh, maybe the beef t-shirt. I'm going to switch some stuff up. I'm going to find the lucky shirt or crew neck. I still have a couple of crew necks on Saturday. If you need to find what your lucky shirt is, if you need to find your new favorite K-State crew neck or hoodie, head over to charliehustle.com today. I will say that the, the you know Kansas City football team, number one in the NFL right now, number one in the AFC West. They are undefeated when I'm wearing my Felix and DK Uzama shirt from their Arrowhead collection. So give that a check out. I know what I'll be wearing on Thursday, and that's the Felix and DK Uzama shirt. I do have a great crew neck from them as well. I got some Casey Hart, some Block Kansas City. Again, I have, I think, nine or ten now Charlie Hustle crew neck sweatshirts. Literally what I'm wearing from the day it starts to get a little chilly all the way through spring. Check them out. We're going to have a giveaway. I think we're going to do a giveaway next week. So keep your eyes on Bosco's Boys Twitter account, X account, whatever you want to call it, uh, to figure out what the giveaway criteria will be this year. All right. um, Not to get dramatic or anything, but uh, this really is kind of a must-win game. Um, Really, outside of the Texas game, every game's a must-win game from here on out to kind of get back to what we want the expectations for this season. 
Um, and, and really, you know, kind of where we're at with the Chris Kleiman era, you, 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 every if you lose another game, you have to have to beat Texas. Look, there, there's no way around it. Nine and three is the ex that that was the bare minimum for the season. It, it was an Arlington or bust situation. And look, if we go nine and three, and then hopefully you win the bowl game. If if you can find a way to ten wins or even nine and four, um, you have a hard time calling the season a failure. Um, that's just kind of like the baseline. I think fans would be disappointed in it, and, and I think it says a lot about where the Chris Kleiman era is, the expectation for the players on this team. You have future NFL guys on this team. I think it is more than fair to kind of say, hey, look, you know, 9-3, and three, or let's say 9-4 and four after the bowl game, that's the bare minimum. Because here's the thing, if you go 8-4 and four, uh, in the regular season, even if you win the bowl game, there's going to be disappointed fans. There's going to be fans who kind of feel let down by this season. Now, should they? I don't know. Maybe when we go back and kind of do a, uh, a, a postpartum look at, at the season, um, when you do an autopsy of the season, you might sit back and say, hey, you know, the expectation never should have been 10 wins. The expectation never should have been getting back to Arlington. There were glaring holes and, you know, you put your fan glasses on. But it wasn't just fan glasses. K-State was a very popular pick to get back to Arlington. And really, you're in a situation where you can't lose again to guarantee yourself a shot. And really, uh, you know, the Texas game uh, becomes a massive one. So, uh, you really can't lose this one. You lose this one, you're going to see a fan revolt um, that, quite frankly, hasn't been seen since the end of uh, the the Bill Snyder era. I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to be dealing with that. So it really becomes a big game for the psyche, not only of the program, but for the fans. Um, we have a great streak and some real vo- voodoo over Texas Tech. I think that's fun. I'd like to keep it going. Um, so, so we'll see what happens there. And, uh, again, another thing I'll really be keying in on is, is the game of Will Howard. You know, I, I think you're going to see, a, a an even bigger decay of trust in Will and, and a decay of trust in the coaching staff. And, and I think some of the shine might start to come off Colin Klein, uh, you know, a, if Will Howard can't bounce back, can't have a good game, if the offense can't have a good game, but B, if he isn't doing it, if he's failing to kind of uh, have that bounce back game, are they going to have that trigger? Are they going to try to get Avery Johnson involved? Are they going to try to figure something out? If it is a game that resembles the Oklahoma State game and you come out on the short side and Will wasn't looking good and you did nothing to try to remedy remedy that in game, Folks, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly on Twitter during and after the game. Message boards, Twitter, hell, even this podcast. It's going to be unbearable. It's going to be really bad. Um, so so that's really something I'm going to be keying in on. Is that fair? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, there are some folks out there who, who really are kind of hammering home, hey, this isn't fair to Will Howard. Even Chris Common said, hey, I wish folks would realize, you know, he was the starting quarterback for a Big 12 championship team. I agree with that. I understand that. And, and I defended the guy versus Missouri. But if you have another multi-interception game, if you have another game where really you never get things going, um, I, I think a lot of that shine starts to come off Colin Klein. I think a lot of that love for Will Howard kind of starts to uh, decay a little bit. And, and again, it's a fickle, it's being a sports fan, being, you know, a, a professional or playing at a high level college uh, football program, things are fickle. Things go belly up. It, it, it is for better or worse. There, there is not a lot of, Hey, we're riding with our guys. We're supporting our guys. We're loving on our guys and wins and losses. That is not how it goes. You know, that, that, should it? Probably, probably. Uh, at the end of the day, it's just a sporting event. Again, I, I say that as someone who is approaching 700 all-time episodes, talking to a microphone for over five hours a week. I understand the hypocrisy of that. But yeah, you know, we probably should all be a little bit more chill when it comes to this stuff. But that's not what it is. Fan is short for for Fanatic for a reason. And uh, I, I don't want to see that happen. I, I'm rooting 
harder for Will Howard and Colin Klein than maybe I ever have in, in, in this upcoming game because I don't want that for either one of them. The redemption story of Will Howard last year was so amazing. Having one of your own being the young, hot coordinator uh, you know, for the alma mater, that is amazing. I, I am not rooting. I'm rooting so hard uh, that we can kind of get back to those good vibes. Uh, so that's really going to be something I'm going to be dialed in on. Um, another thing, when you look at EPA and when you look at some of the advanced stats, a lot of it points towards Texas Tech and K-State both being elite when it comes to rushing the ball and when it comes to stopping. I think I think I saw it that when it comes to EPA rushing defense, K-State's in the top 10, Texas Tech's in the top 10. When it comes into the EPA rushing offense, K-State's in the top 10, Texas Tech's in the top 10. So again, this is going to be a battle when it comes to rushing attack that these two teams, I mean, it, it could be like a horribly, just a gross unesthetically pleasing type of game just you know service academy bat like just ramming your head into a brick wall type of stuff um or you know they might run all over each other maybe one of these teams is going to get their passing attack going i don't know i don't know what to expect but again it is really a strength on strength when it comes to uh rushing offense versus rushing defense going both ways and i don't think you get a lot of that at all and then uh, the final thing, you know, there's this whole kind of like road game thing going on. You know, it, it seemingly plagued K-State through the first two games this season uh, when they seemed to have that road dog mentality, that kind of us against the world mentality. Again, you're probably going to hear something in the keys to V here in a little bit, but the team has no juice. Uh, the, the last two games really, from the outside looking in, have been pathetic. Again, I understand it. I... I I understand. I am on the outside, and I, I hear them, and I understand uh, Will Howard and Hayden Gillum and Marquis Siegel and Des Purnell and, and Coach Kleiman all saying, hey, we need to focus on the inside noise, not the outside noise. That is fine. I really hope they're not listening to this show. I, I really do. But it's been pathetic. The, the lack of juice, the lack of emotion I, I talk about embracing being the villain um you know I, I I just it just hasn't been there the last two games now don't worry I'm definitely not going to Lubbock even though I love Lubbock I, I think I think Lubbock Texas is the most underrated uh you know college it's a city it's not a town but but it's underrated it's tough to get to but I I had a blast the time I went um, I'm not going to be there, so I'll, I'll be watching from home. It'll be interesting to see what sort of vibe it picks up. It'll be the first time I'm watching a K-State game for the first time on TV. I've re-watched uh, the wins. This will be the first time I'm watching uh, as we go along. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, but but they need to bring the juice. They really need to bring the juice. All right, let's get into my four keys to V. Then we're going to get into my picks to click. And then we're going to get into the uh, game predictions. Before we do, I want to give a shout out to the 1012 Network. I love being part of the 1012 Network. All sorts of great Big 12 podcasts. There's the 1012 Pod, what I think is the best Big 12 podcast in the business. And I also want to give a shout out to two uh, of my favorite Texas Tech podcast. I want to give a shout out to Tortillas and Takes, which is the Texas Tech podcast for the 1012 Network. I think you're going to be hearing Albie from the uh, TNT podcast uh, during the whip around. But I also want to give a shout out to my guys over at the 23 Personnel uh, podcast. They're still over with Sports Drink. Um, I love those guys. I've been interacting with them for the better part of four, three, four years. Uh, so much love for what they're doing over there as well. So if you're looking for some Texas Tech podcasts to listen to, kind of hear what the enemy for the week has to say, check out those two, Tortillas and Takes and 23 Personnel. Absolutely love all the folks involved in both of those shows. All right, let's get to Keys to V. My first one is going to be find early success in the passing game to open up the rushing game. Look, usually it's the other way around. Have success in the rushing game to open up the passing game. No. We, we, we saw what happened uh, versus Oklahoma State. Um, you know, there were times where the rushing attack was good, but when, when the defense knows they can go man-on-man -man and keep everyone else in the box focused on the rushing game, it's going to close things up. 
Uh, so get some things going in the passing game. It doesn't matter if it's vertical. It doesn't matter if it's quick. It doesn't matter if it's hitches and goes and slants and posts or anything. Get anything going uh, in the passing game, preferably to the wide receivers, to then allow the field to open up for Ben Sennett. Allow kind of the leak-out passing attack for DJ Giddens and uh, Treshawn Ward. Um, so th- that's going to be my first key to V. The second one is turning them over. KSA has been abysmal. KSA has been horrible in turning over their opponent. And it's been well documented that we've been pretty bad holding on to it uh, with all the interceptions so far this season. So if we can steal some f- some possessions from them, because here's the thing, Texas Tech is going to get the ball rolling. They're going to be trying to go for it on fourth down. They're going to have some longer drives. If you can steal possessions from them, if they're starting to move the ball, and hey, all it takes is one play, a punch out, interception, anything. You got the ball. You're taking that opportunity away from them and hopefully setting yourself up with some decent field position as well. Getting some turnovers in this game is going to be so important. The third one is win on third and fourth down. Again, Texas Tech is going to go for it on fourth a bunch. So having winning situations on third down and holding strong on fourth down is going to be so important. Something Chris Kleiman touched on in that, and he talked about, I didn't, I didn't mention this in his press conference when I was reviewing his press conference, was it is the, the how often they go for it on fourth down does change the way we approach third down. He said that, hey, you know, the fact they go for it on fourth down so many times, it's going to change our blitzing package if it's third and ten. Because, you know, if they get into a fourth and three or a fourth and four situation or better, they're going to go for it. So really it becomes important not not to necessarily sell out to try to get that play, keep it in front of you, and then they're going to punt for it on fourth down. But maybe playing a little bit, uh, a little closer to the line, not giving that type of stuff up, forcing them into a fourth and seven decision instead of a fourth and four decision. So we're going to see what happens there. Um, Again, it can be a massive momentum change if you get those stops on fourth down. Um, We'll see. We we, we saw it. We we saw it uh, big time last year in Manhattan, Kansas. Hopefully we see some fourth down stops in Lubbock. And then the final thing, look. This is the third time, and maybe I should change it. Um, Maybe the team isn't wired like this. Maybe this is just not who they are. But but I need to see it. Play with the emotion. Play with the villain. the, The players... Say it. They they sell the right things. It's us against the world. You know, sixty thousand people against the hundred we brought. Blah blah. They, they say it all. But then on Friday night or Saturday night or Saturday morning, when the lights are on, when the TVs are going, when the ball kicks off, they have shrunk. They've been punked. They haven't had the emotion. They have been playing uh, on their back foot instead of attacking. It doesn't matter what analogy. Doesn't matter what kind of uh, wording you want to use. They have shrunk under pressure on the road, and you cannot do it again. Again, this is the last stand. This is the game. This is the one where if you don't win, it's basically season over. Yes, you can still bounce back. You can still try to keep winning streaks against rivals. You can still have you know your eight win season and keep that as the as the uh, you know basement floor for Chris Kleiman football teams. It's not the end of the world. We're not going to close up shop or anything like that. But if you have any sort of grand gestures or grand ideas of getting back to Arlington, if you have any sort of grand ideas of you know having a nine-win regular season, playing in a bowl game, a good bowl game, trying to get a tenth win, ending the season in the AP top, uh, you know, postseason top twenty-five coaches, postseason top twenty-five, all of that. It starts now. If you don't win this game, all of that is gone. When that when, when that's gone, it all becomes kind of moral victories type stuff. All right, beat your two rivals. You know, get to a bowl game. Find time for the young players and start to develop them. That's what it becomes if you lose this game. Um, so it's now or never when it comes to finding that swagger, find that villain energy, what, whatever you want to say. It, it, saying villain energy probably has bad connotations with it. Um Maybe I just need to say, hey, find that swagger, find that energy. I don't know. Whatever you equate it to, um, just sub it in here. Because they need to find it. And if they don't find it, then, folks, I don't know. I I will not be in a good place uh, if they don't find it. So, hopefully they do. 
All right, now let's get to the picks to click. Uh, the first one, I'm going with Austin Moore. Look, it's time for the machine to be the machine. Rack up some tackles, get some tackles for a loss, especially in their running game. Anything off tackle, off guard, uh, you're going to need to play strong. You're going to need to play big. Again, you're not going to shut down the rushing attack, um, but but keeping it level. Really, don't let it beat you. Uh, and a lot of that's going to come on Austin Austin Moore. Now, Austin Romaine, Desmond Purnell, they're going to play big roles in it as well. Uh, the entire linebacker room, they're going to be a busy group on Saturday. Jake Clifton as well, Toby Osenswamy, um, Bo Palmer. Again, you're going to need it from all those guys. But especially I'm looking to um, Austin Moore because you know he, he's been cemented as the leader of the team with Daniel Green down on defense, and, and we're going to need a big game from him. The other one, I'm going with Will Howard. Look, it's kind of now where it might not ever happen again for him. Um, again, I, I talked about it earlier. I don't like it. I don't. I I, I don't. I, I'm not going to have fun with it if he has another bad game and we're forcing a quarterback controversy. I'm not going to have fun uh, with it criticizing Colin Klein for not making not making a change. Uh, actually, I had to do a little editing there. I almost sneezed. Um, so none of that's going to be fun. I So... I need Will Howard to click. I need him to have a good game. Again, I'm not looking for a big game. I'm not looking for, you know, his Heisman moment or anything like that. Again, I I accepted that was part of, you know, the hype train. Um, I, I get it. Um, I've adjusted my expectations. I just want him to be good. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. I, 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 hope, I hope we get it. Uh... Because it really is just not going to be... There's going to be... It's, it's going to be one of the least fun moments since starting this podcast if we have to talk about another bad Will Howard game. So I'm hoping he clicks and just has a big one. Something that has not been good was our picks last week. I went 5-10. and 10, The Boneheads went 6-9. and nine. Very few times in the history of this show has there been losing records because we're not even going against the spread. We're just going straight up. So that was bad. That brings it to the season 49-26 and 26 for me, 46-29 and 29 for the Boneheads. Before we get into it, it doesn't matter if you're good at picking games or not. Manhattan Brewing Company is just elite at what they do. If you're looking for a fun spot to watch either of the big games this week. You got Thursday Night Football with Felix and Udike Uzama's Kansas City squad hosting. Uh, I don't even know who they're playing. But I know they're playing at home on Thursday. So check them out if you're in Manhattan. Go get a couple pints. Enjoy it at Manhattan Brewing Company. Then again, hey, watch that game at Texas Tech. Again, it's a fun spot. To, uh, they have the games on. Great staff. Great beer. Just an awesome place to be on a fall Saturday. Let's get into it. The Dana Holgerson Bowl, West Virginia at Houston. Boneheads, I think in the biggest vote of the week, have West Virginia 93. I'm going with West Virginia as well. Again, shout out to Neil Brown, man. I wanted him to get fired, not because I dislike him, because I think he's a good coach. Um, Granted, Pitt sucks, and the Big 12 is nothing like what we thought they were going to, but he's going to be around and again, I, I think I think there's a chance he gets them up and running and Big 12 fans are going to be disappointed he didn't get fired last year when there was a shot. So we'll see what happens there. Iowa State at Cincinnati. Bonehead's going with Iowa State 57. I have Cincinnati getting a Big 12 win over Iowa State. I'm giving the Boneheads plenty of chances to get in front of me this week. So I'm, I'm going with Cincinnati. Um, I don't I don't have a good reason why. I think they're favorite, though. I, I think they're the betting favorite. So I'm going Cincinnati. Um, and I think that might be the first time a newcomer gets a win over uh, a quote-unquote hateful eight, a legacy Big 12 school, whatever you want to call them. Uh, KU going to Oklahoma State. I think this is the biggest figure KU fi- or the Boneheads have ever picked KU over a Power 5 school. They have KU 71%. I'm going with Oklahoma State here. The only reason, because uh, I shouldn't. I, honestly, my heart of hearts, I think I think KU's going to win, and I think it's going to be relatively easy. Um, so I'm kind of picking against my heart and my head. I'm just hoping 
Oklahoma State wins and <laughs> kind of was like, okay, they're waking up and it's going to make me feel a little bit better. Um, but my guess is KU wins with relative ease and that just kind of throws some kerosene on the uh, the burn it down folks and, and it won't be fun. <laughs> the, the vibes are not going to be high before uh, kickoff in Lubbock amongst K-State fans because despite picking Oklahoma State, I think KU is going to win that with relative ease. Uh, BYU at TCU. Um, the Bonehead's going with BYU. I'm going with TCU. I shouldn't. Um, they have a backup quarterback. Um, and they just lost, I think, uh, versus Iowa State. I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm keeping it, though. I'm keeping it. So maybe the Boneheads will get another one. So I'm going with TCU on that one. Oregon at Washington. I'm going with the home team. The Boneheads in a close one going with Oregon, 54%. USC at Notre Dame. Boneheads have USC, 58%. Look, I want to pick against USC. I... I think that they're a flawed team. I think Caleb Williams is one of the best college quarterbacks we've ever seen. But I think they're a flawed team on defense. I have no confidence in Notre Dame. I've been, you know, one of the chairs of the Notre Dame is overrated crowd this year. And I'm not afraid to say when I think Notre Dame is going to be all right. I No part of me had, has ever thought that Notre Dame was the real deal this year. So I think USC goes into South Bend and wins. UCLA at Oregon State. Another big number for the Boneheads, Oregon State. I think Chip Kelly does it. Again, I'm not an Oregon State believer. I think UCLA goes in, gets a small upset. I think it's like a four-point game. Um, I think UCLA is the underdog by four. I think they win by four. Iowa at Wisconsin. Everyone's going with Wisconsin. Uh, Missouri at Kentucky. Another game we're disagreeing here. Boneheads have Mizzou 61%. I'm going with Kentucky. I'm going with Mark Stoops. I think uh, a decent road crowd. Missouri hasn't had to play in front of anything resembling ruckusness at all this season. I think that they get it done. Hell, the 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 most home you know home field advantage they've had to you know deal with is you know going to the end zone with all the K State fans in their own place. You know their other road game was versus Memphis in St Louis and at Vanderbilt uh, with half of Vanderbilt Stadium you know without uh, under construction without seats. No, I, I have I have Kentucky beating Missouri. Miami at North Carolina. Again, like I said, I'm giving the Boneheads plenty of chances to get in front of me. I might regret it, but I think Miami bounces back from one of the most embarrassing losses in college football history, and they beat North Carolina. Boneheads have North Carolina 70%. Uh, We got UTEP at FIU. That's my CUSA Wednesday night game of the week. Uh, UTEP, lots of K-State guys on staff. Dana Demel still the head coach. Uh, like 80% of the staff at some point has some sort of ties to K-State. Uh, they're real and bad. Florida International, FIU, not very good either. Uh, but I'm going with FIU at home. Boneheads have UTEP, 58%. Tulane at Memphis. I got Tulane. You guys have Tulane. Troy at Army. We both have Troy. NC State at Duke. We both have Duke. And the K-State game. I'll tell you this. It's been a long time since the Boneheads only were at 72% for a game. Uh, outside of games that have been taken over by uh, people voting, uh, you know, retweeting other other fans trying to take it over, not a lot of confidence amongst K State fans. I understand why um, it's not great. The vibes are not great amongst K State fans. I have the game twenty eight twenty seven. I am picking K State. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be gut wrenching hell. It's not going to be fun. No one's going to have any level of enjoyment watching the game. And my bet is after the game. I'm going to be pumped. I'm going to be like, yes, we won. I'm going to be over the moon. And fans are going to be pissed off. I think that's just kind of where we're at and where we're going to be for a while. Unless we can string some wins together. So I don't think it's going to be an enjoyable game. I don't think for a lot of folks on the internet. I know some folks who listen to this are not perpetually online. I get it. I am. I'm addicted. It's okay. Um, But I think those... Super online fans are going to be super pissed, and it's going to be annoying. Uh, But as long as we get a win, I'm going to be happy when I'm back on this uh, microphone uh, talking about it on Sunday morning. Um, So I hope that's the case. I really hope that's the case. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, And as always, every single K-State game here at Bosco's Boys is sponsored by Charlie Hustle. Again, I'm going to have to figure out 
which of the Charlie Hustle t-shirts I'm going to go to to try to find some good luck. Maybe the K-State beef. Maybe the K-State helmet tee. Uh, I'm going to be rocking one of them. Maybe the Glory in the Combat shirt. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to be rocking Charlie Hustle on Saturday. And you guys should too. That's all we have for Charlie Hustle. Vintage Made Fresh. The best t-shirt, best crew neck, best hoodie company in the world. Right here in Kansas City. Right here in the heartland. They care about K-State and Big 12 sports. For Manhattan Brewing Company, the best brewery in the state of Kansas. For my dog, Chauncey, who's looking at me. He wants to go bark at some squirrels. We love you guys. And go Cats. Network.